Hello, everyone. Welcome back to today's Cedarville Stories podcast. I'm Mark Weinstein, and I hope you're enjoying the new music and format of this podcast. And let me remind you that if you have a potential guest for this program, please email me at mweinstein at cedarville.edu. I'd love to hear from you. Today, joining me are a pair of former Yellow Jacket baseball players in Nate Davenport and Luke Freshwater. According to the record books, Nate had a distinguished baseball career as a power hitter for the Yellow Jackets. And we'll talk about some of those records that he still holds today, while Luke played a key role as a pitcher. After they graduated from Cedarville, Luke served as a forest fighter in Idaho, and then as a Army bomb squad leader in the war in Afghanistan. Today, he and his wife, Megan, reside in suburban Columbus with their five children. Nate and his wife, Susanna, meanwhile, they have two children and residing in West Virginia. He has a passion for literature, which comes from his dad, who is also an author, and for helping people recovering from addictions. Today in the podcast, we're going to focus our conversation on courage and bravery, which is the purpose of their book, Bryson the Brave Bison. And it's my pleasure to welcome Nate Davenport and Luke Freshwater to today's Cedarville Stories podcast. Welcome, guys. Great to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Mark. Thanks for having us. So as I mentioned, uh, the heart of today's program will focus on your book, Bryson and the Brave Bison. But let's begin the podcast by really the beginning. So I know uh, talking with Nate beforehand and learning a little bit about Luke that uh, your path to Cedarville uh, maybe weren't um, traditional or what you expected. But before I get to that, how you got to Cedarville, how did you guys meet yeah so i'll i'll kick it off luke I, our our uh our meeting was actually at cedarville so, okay. so cedarville is what brought us together uh we both played played baseball here and both of those paths were a little bit winding on on how we <laughs> ended up at cedarville and luke can speak to that on his side of things um, but i came in as as a freshman i graduated high school in 2008 okay. came to cedarville and uh predominantly um looked at for basketball and okay. God had different plans ended up playing baseball um, here at Cedarville came on a basketball visit and ended yeah. up getting uh, snagged for baseball and then played four years here you were telling me your story that brought you to Cedarville and as you mentioned just to mention you were coming here on a basketball hopefully a basketball scholarship mm-hmm. uh, that didn't work out you didn't really perform that well the yeah. scholarships were already taken so you landed in baseball at Cedarville with baseball Tell that story. That's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. I uh, as I mentioned, basketball was was my my sport, and what I thought for sure was looked at from some Division one schools, and what I was thoroughly expecting to to play in college. Uh, my dad played professionally for the Royals organization, so I come from a baseball family, and and was obviously passionate about that. But came came to Cedarville uh, on a basketball visit, and man, just underperformed. My I didn't have my my legs that I thought I would have. wasn't hitting shots and um, just, you know, a little bit frustrated and some, most of the scholarship money was chewed up on athletes similar to myself. And, okay. and uh, coach had, had said, well, you know, you could play both. You could play basketball and maybe baseball or something else. And I just thought, I, I don't know, I'm going to do that with academics and walked out in the hall and, and coach Manis snagged me and, and said, Hey, come work out. We're getting ready to go practice down at the field. And I said, coach, I, I don't have anything. I don't have my glove or anything. He said, ah, it'll be all right. We'll give you some batting gloves, take BP. I got some turfs for you. And lo and behold, had one of the best w- workouts in my life. Hit a ton of home runs and, and worked out great. And he came in and said, "Look, we're we're trying to build something special. I need a first baseman." 
you fit the the build and what we're trying to do. Um, here's some scholarship money, which was substantially more than what I could have got with basketball, and paved the way for me to to have a, a career here at Cedarville. You know, just looking at you, you you are the prototypical first baseman. <laughs> and for basketball, what position did you play? So I was I was small four. I was a four guy. I, I could shoot a little bit, but I, I like to drive down the lane and, yeah. and jump. I could jump a little bit. Yeah, too, so. um, I wouldn't want to uh, run into you on the, on the <laughs> basketball court. You're you're a big guy. So um, speaking baseball, according to the record books, uh, Nate played on two of the best Cedarville baseball teams in our history where they recorded a record of 71 and 31, which is amazing. What are some of the memories from those teams that you still think about today, Nate? Oh, man. I, I would say, you know, as a college athlete, most of the most memorable things, and Luke could probably attest to this too, is kind of transcended even even the baseball side of things. I mean, the camaraderie and the friendships that were built are, are things that, you know, still stand today. Some of my dearest friends in the world came came from my time playing baseball. I would say going to the World Series and competing there, we came in as um, a one seed um, one of the later years there um, and played in Cincinnati. That was a, a lot of fun. Um, some of the road games, um, getting to play some really solid athletes um, at some top division, you know, two teams, and, and Luke pitched incredibly against a D2 team one game that we played, but um, being in those kind of high-pressure situations, playing against a lot of really good teams, and being small, Cedarville University, but competing at a right. very high level and, right. and really embarrassing some some teams was was a lot of fun. So, hey Luke, um, I'm going to throw out some numbers. Uh, they're Nate's numbers, but I want you to speak about it, okay? <laughs> and and what it, what was it like for you to transfer in and get to play with a guy like Nate? So Nate, in his career at Cedarville, re- still today is the home run hitting leader in university history with 38. He's hit. He's driven in the most runs with 207, most doubles with 58, and played the most games with 208. So, Luke, what was it like for you to play with guys like Nate and others like him that really elevated the the game on the diamond? Yeah. No, it was an absolute blast is the easiest way to put it. But, no, uh, I transferred there junior year, like you said. And, you know, like, like you said, when Nate walked in, Nate's a big guy, right? So you come <laughs> on and – you're, you see him come up to the plate, you know, I'm a pitcher. So he would, as we like to say, would drop bombs on teams. It was always a blast just watching Nate just hit skyrockets over the fence and watching him play and just hit massive bombs, you know, on teams and, and play with him like that, watch him break records. I mean, Nate loves the game. He's a great guy. He's a good teammate, you know, and then watching that is an absolute blast. So that's what I came to see the real four was to, to play with guys like Nate, make friendships with guys like Nate, like he said, the camaraderie. I mean, and look, you know, fast forward to however many years it's been since then, and we're doing things like this together. So it's been amazing. But baseball was just a game, but it was more meaningful for both you guys because of the intangible, the the character development, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, for me, so I went into the Army. So, you know, I played baseball. I loved the sport. I loved the pitch. I knew I wasn't really going anywhere and I had an ROTC scholarship. So that's really what I love to play was to get to spend time with guys like guys like Nate and other people on our team that I still have great relationships to, to this day with. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about your your military career. Thank you for your service to our country. Uh, but before I go there into the book, Nate was telling me about a, how his baseball career at Cedarville nearly led him to a, a career in professional baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually tried out with the Atlanta Braves, mm-hmm. maybe other teams. Tell us those stories. Yeah, yeah. And then very kind. Thanks. Thanks, bud. Appreciate that, Luke, those kind words. But... Um, yeah, it was it was an awesome opportunity, and that goes back to the time that I I started at Cedarville. Coach Manis 
kind of pulled me aside and said, look, you know, I know you're looking at playing basketball, but I can guarantee you if you come here, you work the system, you play with guys like Luke and, and other, you know, talented athletes, we can have an opportunity to do some special things, which then is going to give exposure. And I think you can have a real opportunity to play pro baseball down the road. And, uh, and he was right. You know, we put in, put in the work and, um, broke a lot of records and, and did some stuff as, as a team, which brought exposure. And, uh, my junior year, I was represented, um, by, um, Jonathan Maurer, who is a, um, agent for, um, pro athletes. Brandon Webb was one of his sure. um, athletes, Jay Hay with Pirates. He's worked with a lot of really, really talented guys and, um, yeah, did some great things. I was able to fly down to Turner Field, which rest in peace isn't there you know, no. anymore with the organization, but great awesome, stadium. awesome place. I mean, growing up a Braves fan, my dad was a bird dog scout for the Braves. Wow. So just to step on that field um, at 98 degrees in summer and, and hit some home runs where you've seen your, your heroes play was pretty incredible. Had a great workout, um, was with them in the Rockies my junior year as far as being on the draft board, um, and um, had a lot of good opportunity, but just didn't get picked up in the draft, and then worked out with close to 10 teams uh, for my senior year um, and and played, and um, didn't have as good of a season my senior year as I did. Got some accolades, um, conference player of the year and some things junior year, um, but yeah, just I uh, was in the draft again my senior year. Worked out with some some teams and got an offer for a semi-pro contract, but felt like the Lord was really moving in a different direction as yeah. far as professionally and relationally with my wife now. So. Yes. So as you look at the end of your baseball career at Cedarville and pro baseball, and you didn't get it, humanly, it's easy to be disappointed. But you really weren't disappointed. <laughs> you really felt this was God's leading. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of that can be attributed to um, the character that I saw represented in, in my dad day to day, who is a, a pastor and, you know, on, on the advisory committee here at Cedarville and um, just played pro baseball in the Royals organization. So I really, I had a, an incredible um, example of what it means to, to truly be su- successful. And a lot of times those things are outside of the the worldly things. You know, it's it's easy as an athlete, and Luke can speak to this as well, getting caught up in the game and and everything and, and loving that. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's what's molded us as, as men, but um, it's, it's so much more important than that. So when those things fell through, um, and, and you're hearing the, the dry, the, the draft live and you're not hearing your name called, it's easy to be let down. But, um, I say it just, it worked out in another way. I had an example to, to use athletics as a vehicle to then try to impact young children, specifically kids that don't have father figures or, right. um, you know, men figures in their lives. That's what Luke and I set out to do, you know, with our book in our lives. So. I'm glad you did. And for our listeners, this book, uh, Bryson the Brave Bison, uh, just released last month, and we'll talk more about that momentarily. So let's move away from the diamond and talk about the book and the idea of, of why you wanted to write a children's book. It's, it's, it's quite fascinating. Have you always been interested in, in writing books? And where did that interest come from if you did have that interest? Nate can speak to the writing side, and I'll speak to more of the theme and the bravery side. Sure. The reason I say that is you know, the inspiration behind the book was, and I can talk about kind of my obsession with Bison and the analogy and bravery and courage. Nate's the whimsical kind of writer mind behind it. His dad has written books. I'll let him speak kind of on the writing side and I'll share a little bit about sure. the, the inspiration. Um, yeah, the the inspiration, and Luke can talk a lot about that, but the idea from um, for the book and the, the Bison side of things and what they actually do, I, I heard that from Luke years ago, and he had told me about that. And well, During your years at So it was after, yeah. We reconnected after college. Um, we were both in the, the medical space as, okay. as sales leaders, and um, we reconnected just honestly 
texting after he had done his his tour in Afghanistan, and I'm like, what is going on? Why is this this guy like this same exact stage of life? And and it's so funny to see like everything we were doing. God was just pushing us together as friends and rekindling that. And even at this point, I, I spoke previously, yeah. you know, about us moving out of our homes and building homes on farms right now. God's really got our lives kind of aligned. And so after the fact, um, we were talking and Luke's like, yeah, you know, I love bison and they they run into storms and this and that. And he can talk about that. But that was kind of in my my mental Rolodex. And I was with my dad in, in the truck driving up to a Cedarville golf scramble with Coach Manis, actually, surprisingly enough. Okay. And we were in the car, and and something we like to do is just throw out ideas for kids' books. And my dad's an author, and I love literature. And I'm like, you know, what if we wrote a kid's book about this and that? And we had kind of, a, if you've seen Elf, uh, where they have they got the brain trust there, and they're just they're struggling, man. They can't come up with, and they bring in Miles Finch. And the ideas are horrible for kids' books. And I'm like, right. what what could you write that hasn't already been written? And and I mentioned about the bison and the, the, the theme that Luke had kind of pitched, and I'm like, this could be something. And and I said to my dad, what if you, the first line was measuring a, a bison in hooves instead of hands like horses, you know. Right. His dad was 20 hooves tall, and lo and behold, that's the first first line of the book to this day. That's how it started. And, and over two weeks, um, the book really wrote itself. And so I, I grew up loving literature. To your question, I have two children that we've made it a point to read to. It's one of the most direct correlating things to high test scores, to, to um, you know, kids gaining language. My wife's a speech pathologist. So we made that a point. And I thought, in talking to Luke, what a cool legacy if we could be able to write a children's book that other fathers, intentional dads are pulling off the shelf in the evening, reading to their kids, and it's got positive themes. That'd be a win-win. Okay. So Luke, uh, Talk about the inspiration uh, behind this book, because that's where the magic really takes place. Yeah, so uh, as they mentioned, I'm a dad too, so I have I have five little kiddos, eight and under, and wow. so several. <laughs> you're, you're busy, just, yeah. You're busy. <laughs> we stay busy, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we uh, we were trying to teach our kids about bravery and courage. So several years ago, uh, I learned about this analogy of a bison. So for those that don't know, which a lot don't know about. The animal is that when a storm is coming, like say out west over the mountains, right? You picture this big storm coming across the field. Instead of a cow or or other animals running away from it, huddling together in fear, bison actually face the storm head on and go through it. And so they actually get to greener pastures sooner and they know by facing it, they're built for that and they go through it. And so I started using that analogy just in general with my kids about, you know, embracing your inner bison and facing the storm and when they were facing hard things as young kids. And my sales team ended up being being called the fighting bison. And Sure enough, over time, I just kind of be, became known as the bison guy with my obsession with the analogy. And um, so that ties into kind of what my passion is. You know, you mentioned my military background. I grew up with a dad that was a smoke jumper, which is where you parachute out of planes and fight forest fires. So he really taught me at a young age, you know, what bravery and courage looks like. And then I went into the military and became a bomb squad leader in Afghanistan. And so that's always kind of been a, an important theme in my life and wanted my kids to understand that. So it just happened that bison became the analogy that I used. And it became a great vehicle for Nate and I to be able to use a book to share that with other parents, uh, you know, across the nation and the globe to help them teach their kids about bravery and courage through that analogy. From your time in the military, were there, were there lessons that you, you learned or situations that you saw when you're in Afghanistan that help you formulate ultimately words for this book on bravery and courage? Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing I learned during my time in the military when it comes to courage and bravery, and this is what we really share with the book, is that courage is a choice. 
And so you don't have to be, you know, like Brighton, you have the biggest, tallest or fastest. And, you know, in those aspects are most talented. It's a, it's a choice that we all can make. And so when you face challenging times in life, however big or small those are, it's the same thing in the military. The people that I got to serve with, you know, in EOD, which is the bomb squad that is close to the warrants disposal, everyone has to sign a volunteer statement that they, they choose to be in that field of work because they're passionate about protecting others and saving lives. And so working with those people and being in those environments, you realize that, you know, they're just like anybody else, you know, and they're extremely brave men and women. It's a choice that people are making. It's the same thing in our, in our regular lives, right, as we face challenges whether it be with our faith or anything else that we faced. And so that was my biggest takeaway when it comes to courage is that, and we want kids to know, hey, it's a choice. It's a choice that you all can make and let us use this character, Bryson, to be able to show you, you know, he might not have been the tallest, fastest, most talented, but he was, he was courageous and led the way through the storm. So Nate, were you the primary writer or, or how did you guys combine your efforts to put together this book and, and, and talk about the, the great illustrations because those are ph- phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, predominantly, um, the, the writing side came, came from me, uh, I'd say it came from the Lord cause it happened in about two weeks on napkins at Panera and a really? lot of other things. Yeah. Um, and, and Luke's great. Luke, Luke's got his master's in business. Uh, he, he's, he's a business mind. We're both entrepreneurs in, in our own lives, but he'd stay on me, keep me accountable. He'd be like, man, we got this last stanza, you know, what's it? I'm like, listen, don't, don't pressure me. You know, cr- creativity takes a little while. <laughs> we, we had fun with it. So we'd, we'd bounce ideas because he mentioned the, the theme of the bison. It really came from him. And I, and I called him and I said, Luke, dude, I think this could be something. And um, yeah, I just, I want to get your blessing because you're the one who kind of told me about the bison and, you know, a, a, a bison named Bryson who's running through a storm and leading his crew to kind of rewrite the history books. Like, what do you think about that? And he's like, dude, just can I, let's be a, let me be a part of it. Let's partner up on this. Let's do this. And and from the start, it was really a collaboration. So I would, I would write things and it's a, it's a rhyming book and there's something, um, I forget what they call it, but I think it's called like the Seuss syndrome or the Seussism, but there's something where every rhyming book is related to Dr. Seuss. And, it, and it's really hard. It's an uphill battle as you're writing a rhyming book. And so we we tried to work diligently through finding the right words in a whimsical fashion, sure. but not taking away from the story and the path of the book and what we wanted to accomplish with the theme. And, and we think we did that. So as I mentioned, this book, Bryson and the Brave Bison, was released last month in the month of June. What is the target age or target audience you're trying to reach with this book? Yeah. So four to eight is is kind of the range we want to fall in. Um, there's some bigger words, um, which, you know, can be explained from parents, but we tried to keep it young enough to where it could be definitely understood and recommended by, you know, ages four to eight. Okay. And actually, um, I just realized you didn't answer the last I didn't part touch of the question. On the illustration. Illustrations. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that that's a really funny story, and I'll, I'll kind of pass. I'll, I'll tell a little bit and pass half of it on to Luke because Luke spearheaded that. Um, he was and, the bold one. Yeah, the- he he was the bold one. He uh, yeah, which which he tends to be running into the storm himself. But um, so we we had taken a couple different paths, and our theme or our goal from the start was look, let's let's get this thing to pay for it. This is kind of a side hustle. Let's get it to pay for itself. Um, if we have to self-publish, it's going to be a cheaper route because it can be very expensive and time-consuming to write a book, which we found out. And so we started, and, and we knew we had something special with the story. I bounced it off of my dad and a lot of other people, and they're like, this this is good. And my my son Cruz absolutely loved it and had it memorized from the start. And so we're like, we got to make this a reality. But the illustrations are a huge part. I, I grew up loving children's books like The Treasure Tree and other books that have just vibrant and incredible illustrations. 
So I said, we can't skimp on this. And, and Luke said, man, I know of this guy. And he's from the same hometown as me. His name's Richard Caldry. And he'd be awesome. But, dude, he's going to be real expensive. Like, there's, there's no way. And he's like, I'm going to approach him. And he probably wouldn't even do our book. But he's got a book signing coming up. So, Luke, talk about how, how you're yeah. – we're both salesmen, I should say. So, so that goes into to what happens you, next. You guys aren't afraid to talk we're to We're not people. afraid to talk to people. <laughs> so tell yeah. us, tell yeah. us, Luke. Yeah, so so Nate's exactly right. So he had a book signing in Columbus, and so I grabbed my daughter and told my wife, "Hey, we're, you know, my oldest, we're going to go to this book signing." Well, all we had was a manuscript, yeah, like they on said, a word we had this document. great <laughs> this great word document of this book we were really excited about. We're like, we need illustrations. That's you know, really the huge piece of this. So went to this book signing, end up just being you know that weirdo that hung out for an hour and a half with my kid. Well, he, he was it was you know people coming and going, and so Richard and I just started a conversation. And so we just spent time together and he got to know us and my, myself and my background and Nate. And, you know, I was just sharing with them, you know, our, our vision behind the book. And so, you know, at first he just, he laughs to this day because he kind of jokes, he gets it up every week for people to do, you know, books and things like that. And so it did, he didn't say yes right there, obviously. He just said, yeah, I'll take a look at it. Fast forward, man, maybe three months or so over time, we had stayed in touch. And uh, finally, he just said, yeah, you know what? I really like what you guys are doing. I'd love to do this book. and so. We couldn't believe it. Um, and he and he's a, a great Christian man, just an incredible testimony. Mm-hmm. And so he even shares, you know, this whole this whole thing is obviously just a God thing. I mean, it's the only way we can explain it. And mm-hmm. so he says the same thing and how it all came together. And so that's what's made it really cool is just with Richard's testimony and, and our faith on how it came together. Uh, Richard said, you know, he just felt it on his heart that God was putting on his heart that, hey, I, I need to do this thing. And so that's how Richard ended up starting the book. And then we can kind of play it. That, that's how Zonder Kids, the publisher, came into play as well. Mm-hmm. He was a big part of that. So yeah. how did how did Richard help uh, connect you with Zonder Kids? So so Richard, uh, obviously, he's done a lot through his career, but he's done multiple books with Zonder Kids, the biggest of those being the Fiona series. So Fiona, the hip part of the Cincinnati Zoo, many people know him. So he's done other books with Zonder Kids. And he said, hey, I, I like what you're doing so much. Do you mind if I share it with Zonder Kids, who I work with? And they were like, yeah, of course. Uh, please feel free to share it. And then, of course, that's being salespeople. We reached out, you know, directly to Megan, uh, who was the VP of publishing there, just to touch base with her as well and introduce ourselves. And so, mm-hmm. by Richard doing that, it opened the doors for us to have a conversation with them. They said they loved it. They loved the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, they loved obviously Richard's illustrations and and our background. And so that that led to multiple conversations and obviously us uh, going going with them as our publisher, the number one Christian children's book publishing company in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a great story. How can people get this book? Yeah, so it can be purchased anywhere that you buy books, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, those platforms. Uh, we, we hope to have physical copies. There's already bookstores that we've reached out to. They're saying, yeah, we've got it on order. It's going to be here when it releases. So you can, you know, if you're in Cincinnati and you run by Barnes & Noble, you can do that. Joseph and Beth bookstores are independently owned. Large groups out of Cincinnati, Lexington, we're actually going uh, through there, and we're going to be doing some book signings and stuff. We've got a pretty cool um, book tour coming up. Luke and I um, are excited um, about as well, so we'll be doing that. And, um, yeah, so it can be purchased. Where, where's the tour? Yeah, so we're, we're um, Chicago. Uh, we're going to the National Librarian um, Association Convention, so there'll be over 20,000 librarians. Uh, we're on a panel where we'll be on stage speaking about the book, doing a presentation. Um, we'll be at the HarperCollins booth. They'll have a large booth there where we can do book signings, and then um, we're going to be, it's, it, we're excited about it. Um, our wives are going to be he, the real heroes with our kids at home, but we're going to be, um, five days total going from there over to, to Zonder Kids head, headquarters in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, looping back around, coming down through Indianapolis, back up through Cincinnati 
and in the Columbus area, and then doing some events um, with Richard actually when we hit home base yeah. here around Columbus. So very exciting, exciting time. Now it all points to the the power of the Lord. But Luke, uh, did you ever just step back and say, "Wow, this all started at Little Cedarville with my relationship mm-hmm. with a fellow baseball player." Yeah, I think it's pretty neat. So, uh, like you mentioned, I I didn't transfer to my junior year, and one of the big reasons why I transferred to Cedarville was to build camaraderie and relationship with people like Nate and people that were on the team and you know at the school. And so I wanted to be around people of faith and uh, people that were passionate about that. And, and this is a perfect example of why you know I'm glad God led me to Cedarville because I've created amazing relationships and friendships and get to do things like this that are uh, just would never have happened if I never went to Cedarville. So. It, it's pretty wild to look at the things that God does in your life that you don't really think anything about, you know, that many years ago, decades ago. And then what happened, you know, over time, you know, as he works through that and creates incredible opportunities. And I think you just have to step through that door and, yeah. you know, have that courage and bravery like we're talking about to, to go chase those things. Yeah, it takes me to uh, Ephesians 3.20 where it says the Lord does immeasurably more than we can even ask or imagine. And <laughs> that seems evident with you guys. I mean, yeah. you guys are imposing guys just to look mm-hmm. at you, but uh, it's really neat to hear your story. Uh, any more books on the horizon once this one uh, reaches best-selling <laughs> status? Well, we're, we're, we're eager for sure. I mean, and again, we want to we wanna see this have as, as long of a runway as it can. Uh, we're like, hey, should we start looking at other themes and other stories and cool things that Bryson's going to do? And, and in true publisher fashion, they're like, well, let's make sure that this one really gets off the ground right now. But, but we see they've mentioned three or four, you know, potential books uh, after. And, and, and who knows, something maybe other than Bryson. We're, we're very um, driven by character traits and, and positive impacts in, in a whimsical way that yeah. kids can get behind. But um, trying to create intentional fatherhood and, and parenting through literature. I have a few minutes left, and I want to I want to move the conversation now really toward leadership and fatherhood because I I saw in your profiles that you both mentioned the importance of being intentional fathers and business leaders. What does that mean? And how do you demonstrate those positive character traits in your lives? Yeah. Um, ironically, I just got back uh, yesterday from the Fatherhood Festival that the annual second annual Fatherhood Festival in the NFL Hall of Fame here in Canton, Ohio. And uh, my good friend Justin Bad actually runs that. And right now we're facing an epidemic when it comes to fatherlessness and really just attack, in my opinion, on men um, a- across the station. And so, you know, we really care about that word intentionality because there's 20 million kids across the U.S. that don't even have fathers in the home. And that's not even considering the ones that, you know, have fathers in the home, but they're emotionally not present. And so we really want to ourselves be intentional fathers and being present, uh, you know, in, in, imparting those morals and values in our kids, doing things like this book. And, and, and more importantly, you know, we, we want to help others along the way uh, by, by our experiences. We're not perfect, obviously, by any means, uh, but we really think we can share, you know, our experiences and be intentional uh, about doing those things. And that's really where, where, um, you know, us being in the, in the thick of things as dads right now, you know, like I said, I have five, eight and under, you know, it's wild. Nate has young ones at home too. And so we really want to do the best we can every day and inspire other, you know, other dads out there and other parents to do the same thing and get through it together. And we like to say, you know, join, join our herd, you know, a bison are part of a herd. So we like to tell people join our herd as we face the storms of life head on and face those challenges. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a, um, a staggering 
figure the other day, um, something like 93% of households where a father leads his family to church and is intentional about faith and things, um, the rest of the family comes to faith and 93%. It drops to like 17% Mm. when that's the mother trying to lead the family and get people to church and 3% when it's the kids trying to bring the parents Mm. to church, uh, which I think speaks to the importance of just being involved and not just being there. My dad always said, be all there. So um, we have in a world of never being more connected with our, our devices and social media. Um, I think we've never been more disconnected as, as um, human beings and, and how we're doing life with people and specifically our kids. So um, this has been definitely eye-opening uh, for us. And as we, you know, try to, to um, practice what we preach with these things, Luke said, we're, we're not perfect by any means, but being intentional um, every day with our kids and understanding we have a short period that God has given us with our kids. So um, being positive, being proactive with how intentional we're being and also s- searching out um, the less thans in life, searching out the kids who who don't have father figures or positive male figures and trying to shepherd them as much as we yeah. possibly can is yeah. critical as well. Great responses. So let me ask my one final question. It's where the rubber meets the road in my mind and it's going to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. So how are you guys both intentionally leading your, your families, leading your children so that they come up in their faith in the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. I can start on that. Um, I think it, it starts with the local body and, and with church. I mean, being, being yeah. with your kids and being there with them at least once, twice a week, um, where they can be around other like-minded believers, um, and being in a faith setting, um, there I think is, is critical modeling that for your kids mm-hmm. and being involved there with them. Um, I think from a day to day, um, you know, I have an extremely extroverted son, go figure. His dad's a salesman. Um, but you I know, can see it. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, I, when I'm there playing and he's going, dad, 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 and he's looking at me to acknowledge that I'm making eye contact, that's his cue that I'm actually listening. And I catch myself at times not doing that. So, um, day to day, you know, understanding, that, that we are modeling and we're growing these kids into a, a you know, a, a faith of, of Christ and we have to be intentional about that. Um, I think the rubber meets the road where just when you're there, be all there with your kids. Try to, to model being intentional with them and loving your wife intentionally in front of them um, is, is a great way to, um, to start. That's great. Great advice. How about you, Luke? How are you intentionally leading your children and your, your wife? I mean, I think I'd sum, sum up some of what Nate said too, is that far more is caught than taught as uh, yeah. as parents and, and husbands. And I think for me, I always remind myself that I can say a lot of things, but it, but what matters is what I'm doing, like they said, and uh, being intentional about my actions. And so whether that's, you know, making church a priority, you know, making our faith a priority and leading my family from a spiritual standpoint, I think a lot of times we think that, you know, the the men can't be the spiritual leaders of, of the family. And we've, we've kind of put that role over to a lot of the moms where, you know, the man and the, and the husband and needs to be that spiritual leader for the family. And I take that uh, personal and, and seriously and, you know, try to lead the way on that sense. And from a personal standpoint, we're actually moving on to land. We're, we're actually starting a bison farm. Um, hence my obsession with bison called Silver Lake Bison Farm. And bison's going to be coming to life on the farm. And my real, real dream and vision is to, to in the future, be able to you know, have people and kids and these fatherless children out to our farm where we can have an impact on them and teach them about courage and bravery in real life at the farm and really be that ministry for our family where my kids can see what that looks like in real life and live it, be a part of it, you know, and interact on the farm and do those things as a family. So 
those are some of the things that we're doing from a day-to-day standpoint that I'm, I'm super excited about. I want to thank you for, for sharing your heart and sharing how you're leading your families well. Luke, so how did you get fascinated with bison? You know, I think uh, it, it goes back to, uh, there's actually a fellow, and some people might know his name is Rich Ronning. And I think this is where I first heard about it, but he's a big CrossFit champion, Christian guy. He shares the message to more like the athletic workout community about like going through hard workouts and things. And I remember first hearing the analogy and I said, man, this is really good to use with my kids. And so that's how it transitioned, taking that analogy. And I was like, I can use this as a dad, as a parent, things like that. And so I took that analogy and kind of morphed it into parenting and fatherhood. Um, and, and that's kind of where it started. But then I just saw that it applied to, to so much more and, and how some of these, you know, kids and, and with obviously before at that time, the pandemic hadn't even hit. So I think, you know, these kids even now, even more so anxiety rates and depression and all these things that we hear about are, are increasing more and more with technology. And so I think it's just a message that kids need to hear, uh, that parents need to hear, you know, with the challenging times we've had. And so that's where it started was more of just personal use of the analogy, quite honestly. And like anything, when you start using it and people, it starts resonating with people, you want to share that passion with other people. Yeah. Do you have any fear of uh, actually raising bison? <laughs> well, uh, like you mentioned, I, that's, uh, I guess, innately been put in me by God to uh, to love to do kind of wild and courageous and brave things. So, no, I know it's going to be crazy, but that's what I love about it. That's what I'm excited about it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, we're going to make it something that a lot of, you know, I'm looking forward to having Nate come work bison yeah. with me and have him and his family there and some of our other friends. and you know, really making something special and exciting that, you know, men love adventure, right? So yeah, yeah. this is just my next adventure and, and I want to use it as a ministry, you know, oh. and take that next step to, to help others. That's great. Uh, I love I love hearing your story. I love seeing just the heart being flowed out of you as I talk with you uh, by Zoom, you, Luke, and you in person, Nate. And uh, uh, anything I didn't ask you that you want to say before we wrap up today's program? No, just uh, we appreciate the support, and I think it's uh, it's incredible. You mentioned earlier that our, our start came from Cedarville. You know, when this thing came to life, one of the first places that that we looked at was like we we just we need to get back to Cedarville from where this started. In some way, we need to find a way to um, you know share this message with them. Uh, I think it's you know a, a great thing that we learned these character traits in, in large part um, modeled by a lot of mentors and people we had coming through the yeah. university. And so I'm um, so grateful that God uh, made our, our paths collide here and um, started doing the work there even early on. We appreciate any, any of the support from the listeners. The, the positive message only gets out there when people are, are sharing it with others. And so uh, very, very excited to see what God does with the book. Do you guys have a website that people can go to? And what if so, what's the address? Yep. Yeah, we definitely love for people to visit us at brysonthebison.com, which has links to our social media channels. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and you can also get links to any of those uh, places you'd like to purchase the book, whether it be Amazon, you know, Walmart, uh, Tar, you know, that, you know, all those different places. Uh, you can go on and purchase it. And we'd love for you all to support us. I mean, so much to us. And, you know, we're not celebrities or big influencers. <laughs> and so the way we get the word out is, you know, by just your, your normal parent out there sharing this book with their friends and family and, you know, their small following and their network. And that's, that's how the message gets out there. So we greatly appreciate it. It's great to have you on the, on the podcast. I can promise you that I'll do my best to promote your work because I think uh, what you're doing is important and it's well done. As I look at the book right now in my office, it's, it's a beautiful book. I encourage our listeners to grab a copy and, and share it with a, a child, a grandchild. Uh, you'll be glad you did. So 
Uh, Luke and Nate, thanks for joining me this week on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Great to have you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having us. I want to thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. You are encouraged to share, like, and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.